Well, that went well. Uh, the coalition formed government on Saturday night, I think against um, most expectations. It's Wednesday afternoon now, uh, and I feel that the sort of post-mortem what went wrong for Labor conversation has been had. However, Joe Hildebrand, Sam Dastiari, I'm A.H. Cayley, uh, I'm interested in hearing how we got it wrong. The three of us. We didn't get it wrong at all. We knew from the start. <laughs> well, can I? We were just three years early. <laughs> I'm not copping this bullshit. Everything's Pulse. gone according to plan. It the prophecy has the plan. been fulfilled. It's always been the Bill same. was Bill was opposition leader for two terms. Never made it to prime minister leader. He's got it out of his system now. The next leaders that Labor Party are going to be safe because mm-hmm. otherwise Bill would have just kept knifing them. Yep. And indeed, he seems to be sort of. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about the LP leadership in a bit. No, no, this is the rope-a-dope strategy. It's the rope-a-dope strategy. The Labor Party is now lulling the Conservative government into a false sense of security. (laughs) 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 And they come out with a bang. And by the way, why are we even calling the election before all postal votes have been counted? That's right. Macquarie's still in play. I keep, mate, I don't know, there's some some troop papers somewhere still on their way in. I think we're we're just getting ahead of ourselves here. I will also say that we got it more right than... Most because Sam and I both predicted a much bigger um, swing to the ALP than mm-hmm. everyone else did. So we we were the only ones who picked that the polls were wrong. You yeah. mean a much bigger swing to the coalition? No, 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 no. I mean to the ALP. To we the picked ALP. a much bigger swing to the ALP. But we said, but we, but we knew that we knew the polls were wrong. We just yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. We just didn't quite pick the right direction. Right. But, gotcha. What I love is everyone makes their predictions, and everyone obviously got it wrong. Yep. But in the beautiful world of Twitter. There has to be a person hey, where elections were clearly won and lost, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the internet. So someone becomes the villain, right? Yeah. And so it's almost, you know, when when Prime Minister Hawke, former Prime Minister Hawke died, we all grieved for about for a period of time. And I went straight on Twitter because we're going to say who's going to be the villain. Yeah. Who's going to be the one who's going to get this shit kicked out of them and get the blame for anger? And then Tony Abbott Spoiler walks. Spoiler alert, Tony. <laughs> walks right in, right? right in. As the election starts going badly, I said, okay, Everyone, every mate, every pundit has made a prediction. Yep. Who's the one who's going to cop the shit for this? And you know who did it? War lead. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw him before, just before he went on, yep. and I said, oh, "I know how you're feeling. You know, what are your, what are your thoughts?" Blah, blah blah. And he goes, "I've got a number in my head." I said, "Oh yeah, what is it?" He goes, he goes "81." I said. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah, that was that about sounds about right, and that was, and that also that was exactly what Anthony Green's uh, super duper election supercomputer was saying mm. after incorporating some results from the the Daily Telegraph's uh, seat by seat polling. So everyone, even the computer, was in on it. But do you know so what? That's it, the point of my question. Okay, yeah. How did this? How did the computers, the polls, the media, obviously, the parties yeah, ask, it's clear. It's get clear. it so wrong. It's because Wallet Ali is a Muslim. <laughs> And now for a serious answer. And he broke Ramadan. Okay, well, I, I, I just figured, I just figured this out this morning. Actually, when I was listening to the radio about something completely different, this is the seven three seven Max election. This is the Boeing seven three seven Max um, phenomenon, where you get a little bit of uh, misinformation, and which shouldn't really matter that much, but it ends up ha- having catastrophic results. So mm-hmm. in the case of the plane, you get a, f- a faulty sensor or whatever, it gives wrong reading, and suddenly the pilots take this as gospel 
and start making all these assumptions and calculations and take all the base all their actions. Did you just find an analogy it. that none of us have any idea how and, this relates to a seven three seven? And and yeah. and plunge the plane into the ground. You know the two the two planes that have gone down. You know why Boeing had to ground their entire new fleet of seven three sevens? Are you aware that, of that? I didn't know, I that didn't know why. No, no, it's not getting angry at us just because you, <laughs> you picked a shit analogy. <laughs> I didn't know it was a regular used analogy. But, but so so no, saying. it's not regular used. I just made it up. Right, okay, okay. So it's your Try and simplify okay, a concept. Let me, let me, you chose let me, a really complicated let me, analogy. Let me explain it. Okay, let me explain. So the whole thing with me and the reason I thought the swing was on and it was – on much more than the polls were picking up is because, uh, firstly, 37% of people had already gone out to vote. Now, in close undecided elections, by definition, you can't be undecided if you've already voted. So clearly a record number of people had already made up their mind and made up very early. Mm-hmm. And so you combine that 37%, I think that was bigger than the ALP's entire primary vote. So uh, so you combine that and then you look at all the polls and every single poll says it Labor's at front. So you put two and two together. Okay, heaps of people have made up their mind already. The swing is on. It's going to be a thumping. Who's who's who are they going towards? Every single poll says Labor, and so you think right. It's going to be a thumping victory for Labor. So you put two and two together, and you get five. Mm. So that the so it was right that the swing was on, and and there was that mood in the air. It kind of felt like you know just before the end of Deep Impact, where the seat the sea goes out. Is that all right with Tia Leone and her no, father no, on the beach? No, okay. no. I, 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 anyway, I, 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 there was. I get, a, there was a sense of something, it was all on mm-hmm. and that was showing up in the pre-poll numbers but the polls were feeding that one bit of misinformation into it that was giving everyone a false sense of security. Look, I, I, I think it's just groupthink, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, we're all sitting in the bubble, uh, the groupthink bubble, and this actually happened three years earlier, the groupthink bubble. the polls shouldn't be capable of well, groupthink. Well, well, yeah, but three years earlier, you're, you're right, the difference is three years earlier the polls kept saying it was going to be close and then Morrison narrowly won and everyone's like, oh, where did that come from? Well, the polling always said it was close. It was groupthink that said it was going to romp away. Yeah. Here the polls had elaborated. So I, I got a, a bit of some internal numbers and I saw some of the internal research. The backgrounding going on now is bullshit. Yeah, no. The Labor Party numbers always said they were going to win. Yep. They always thought they were going to win. Mm-hmm. They worked towards the assumption of win. It was never going to be a huge, huge win, but it was going to be a comfortable early 80s, high 70s kind of expectation of win, right? Uh, the numbers were just plain wrong. Now, t- the Labor Party, okay, That's Labor- what is that because okay, okay. John Arding's not the yeah. pollster anymore? Well, part of it. So Labor Party dumped its long-term pollster, a guy called John Arding, uh, UMR Research. He actually sold the brand UMR, but he was still kind of the party pollster. They ended up hiring Galaxy, the people who do news poll. Mm-hmm. So what you actually ended up with is a contaminated poll field. The people doing the news poll were the same company doing the ALP's internal polling. Right. So rather than it being a check on one another, it actually became a reinforcement of one another. The Labor Party polling says we're ahead. News poll says we're ahead. We're ahead. Right. That, that, now uh, – I think there are fundamental more problems in methodology. Um, a lot of the libs are now going around pretending like, oh, yeah, we always – no, they didn't. No, they yeah, didn't. No, that's right. And, right. The, and, the, and the backgrounding from the Labor people saying, oh, yeah, we knew it was good. Exactly. It's, it's, bullshit. it's self-evidently jobs. bullshit well, because if you knew you were going to lose, why didn't you do something about it? Well, why didn't you change your messaging? Why didn't you change your attack ads? That part's interesting to me because if we look back on the interview that Bill Shorten did with Lee Sales, um, the night that Bob Hawke died, he looked – kind of broken, like he really wasn't there in in the way that he had previously been. And Lee uh, was careful to make the point that that interview had happened before the news had broken about Bob Hawke. Yeah, no. I feel that he he got some inkling. No, 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 no. He knew the Hawke thing earlier. Oh, okay. It was before it had gone to the public. Gotcha. Okay. But I think he he was genuinely, I think he was genuinely, um, 
upset. Uh, him, his response to Bob Hawke dying was actually the most human I have ever seen him. It's yeah. the most genuine I've ever seen him because, frankly, all his, his number one passion in life is prime ministership, preferably his, mm. and, and the second best thing to that is – his hero, Hawkey's prime ministership, and so, and I think that was the thing that actually he is mo- genuinely most passionate about. Um, but I think <laughs> there's a couple of things. One is um, one is the, the the response from I have to say the the news poll, Galaxy, whatever pollster doing it for um, uh, the ALP, I found really weird because he was saying, "Oh no, it wasn't contaminated because all the results were siloed, all the yeah, all the rubbish, all the research was siloed." Yeah. But even if it's not rubbish, who gives a fuck? Like what difference does it make? If you're using the same methodology yeah. for each of the polling and putting them in three different places, what does it matter? And if you know one methodology is better than another, well, which of your clients are you doing over? Yeah. So it was just idiotic. And some of the res- responses to what has happened kind of confirm how the mistakes were made because they're just absolutely and utterly moronic. Yeah, but, but, but uh, I think we're missing the point here, right, in that the Labor Party at the moment – and I think because let's say the story of this election is the unlosable election. Yep. I mean, we'll talk about how the Libs won, mm. but that's not really the story of this election. It's 1993. It's how did yeah, how, how did they lose? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was their election to lose. It was their election All to along. lose, right? Um, so I think part of the question is how your numbers were wrong. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The second question part of it is how you even got in this position in the first place. And at the moment, like inside Labor Party circles, there is crazy conspiracy theory yep. after crazy conspiracy theory, right? So I'll give you a couple of the kind of the, the crazy conspiracy theories. One is it's all Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. No mistake. The Murdoch press uh, slanted conservative, always slants conservative, or has many, many elections. Hardly surprising. Um, did they have an impact? Uh, but that's the same price and impact they had three years ago and three years before and then three years after that. That's not a new phenomenon. Right? That's right. You can argue they went maybe a little bit harder than previous elections, but but not that much. I like, like but that, also, that is priced in now. That's caked that, in. That's right. But also it's 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 bullshit. <laughs> it's 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 easily proven bullshit because it contradicts what the exact same people were saying the day before the loss. Like they would say like Clearly, Labor thought that Murdoch was so non-influential that he didn't even bother with the, you know, be it the token visit or the token sort of kowtowing or the token sure, kind of sure. kissing no, the no, ring, whatever no, no, they no, wanted but, to call it. But, but he deliberately, he I, deliberately set out to thumb his nose at Murdoch. And obviously, if he thought Murdoch was was that influential or important to winning, he wouldn't have yeah, done yeah, it. But, but I'm saying, so, let's go, let's go no. to the conspiracy theories. One you is, would say that you, you would say that. You, you yeah, know. that's right. And but, then, but, and then, then secondly, the same people when even when Murdoch was Joe, Joe, drop it. Even when the even the telly was trying to agree with you, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, even when the telly, all the people in Labor, I was talking to, saying, oh, the telly's gone too far. It's backfiring. Even before the stuff with his mum, people saying it's so obviously biased that people just aren't taking it seriously. So all the people who are now saying it's all Murdoch's fault. Was saying that all um, the Murdoch stuff was backfiring. I think that at kind of time. thing. I've really been reflecting on being in the bubble. That kind of thing where you go, oh well, it's so obvious. You know, who could believe that? We don't need to worry about this. It's going to backfire on them. Um, but we sort of forget that there are people who, you know, someone's nonna living out in Blacktown who is really worried mm. about this kind of thing. She doesn't have the sort of. Um, uh, I guess political context to go. Ah, that's no, that's very clever. Okay. She'll just go. But then it gets back. Okay. So, so why didn't the campaign? Let, let me go through the conspiracy that? theories. Okay, so the okay, first, okay. Well, yes, that's yep. a failing. The I first believe. conspiracy theory is it's all Murdoch, and I, I think Murdoch worked against the Labor Party. I think he's been working against the Labor Party for a long time. So to me, that's not an, that's not any different than any previous election, yep. right? So that's the first one. Second one is that there's some. It was all Clive Palmer. 
Yep. Right? Yep. Now, there was definitely an impact that the Palmer vote had, mainly, not so much through his preferences, mainly through sucking out oxygen, through Queensland, through other things. And there's this whole big theory going around at the moment, and I think it's going to come to fruition, about how he was data mining and how he was targeting. No shit. If I have 60, 70, 80 million dollars, whatever I spend, I'm going to put a couple million of that towards data mining and make sure I get my targeting right too. Right? But it's kind of conspiracy that he termed, no, he did it all to get himself Senate seats. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Uh, and yeah. one of the flow on effects was, you know, it didn't help Labor. By the way, if Labor had a one by 90 seats, we'd be saying, oh, the Palmer sucked out the vote of the Liberals. <laughs> yeah. How helpful that was. Blah, blah, blah. That's right. right. But, but conspiracy too is, is the Palmer conspiracy. Palmer's going along with that conspiracy. Of course, in yeah. a, of course he, he is. He's basically come out and said, oh, this is what I wanted all yeah, along. Of course, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's like when I. Like it was just to own Labor. But that's like when ISIS takes responsibility for a terrorist attack they didn't even do, because if they take responsibility, it makes them look more powerful. Oh, my God. Well, you say case, Clive Palmer is ISIS. <laughs> The Clive just, Palmer Twitter notifications are going to be hell for I'm the just next saying, week. It's an, ob- it's an obvious tactic. Have you seen if our you fans? Can, if, you can, if you can take responsibility for something that appears to have worked, I mean, you do, political yeah, strategists do it all the time. Is, any oh, I didn't fuck up. It's any, not, any leadership tussle, yeah, you go up still. to the guy who won and say, yeah, don't worry, mate, I'll vote it for you. Yeah, so, yeah. You so you've got that. Uh, then there's the kind of the Palmer conspiracy. Then there is this whole kind of, and this is where it starts getting really dangerous for left of politics, is the whole, well, people are fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. It's such a dangerous place to get yourself into politically, right? Mm. Because, yeah, look, you're allowed to be angry and frustrated and outcome and a result. It just, and the reason why it's really dangerous is put aside the fact that I think a lot of people have said some really dumb things on social media that will come back and haunt their Mm -hmm. media careers later, right? Um, But beyond that, it's the mindset you get into of contempt of the voters, right? Like, I mean, let's not get gear up. It is so simply obvious what happened, in my opinion. It's so obvious, right? Labor Party um, ran a big target agenda. Yep. The government ran a really effective scare campaign against it. Yep. Nothing new there in the sense of was it a scare campaign? Yes. Was it out of the bounds of Australian scare campaigns? Not really. It wasn't like dog whistling or anything. They just attacked the policy. It wasn't even like Medi-Scare. Well, yeah, and they they highlighted the bits of the policy that are unpopular and they beat some of it up and this and that. That's that is just democratic politics, yep. right? Um, but big policy agenda, a leader that wasn't a, wasn't popular, mm. and a poorly executed campaign. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. Like what was poorly executed about the campaign, in your opinion? In my opinion, I got to the end of the campaign and I didn't really understand what was the reason why I should vote Labor. Yeah, mm. I think I'd agree with that. But the reason to vote Labor was to stop the other blokes texting you. Right? Yeah, mm. and taxing you, and and the reason. What is the reason to vote Labor? What was the reason to vote Labor in this campaign? Well, this I think this was the problem that they made, and the problem maybe that we everyone here fell prey to when we were thinking about it, which is that most people don't care about politics that much. I think a lot of us also assumed that the Libs had been so dysfunctional and had that many palace coups, and because they'd had one more leadership knifing than Labor had, then that was one more reason that they had to go. Most people don't really care about that. Mm. All they care about is who's going to take my money and who isn't. Yeah, I think most people um, care about their back pocket. And, and, and I think there was a mistake. There was a mistake that Labor made the mistake of thinking that most people thought like them, or rather, mm. they decided to start talking the way the kind of ideological left were thinking and start talking about you know change the rules, which is the whole ACTU strategy, or you know go after the top end of town, which worked when. Maybe when Malcolm Turnbull was Prime Minister, but Scott Morrison isn't from the top end of town. You know, the, the top hat shtick doesn't work with him. That's why he's getting around everywhere in a baseball cap with a beer in his hand at the footy. Mm. Um, so the, so they, they were campaigning on this big, and it was great to their credit, they developed policy or whatever, but a sort of an ideological 
um, political framework, a, a cause that most people, quite frankly, just didn't give a fuck about. Okay. Yeah. And most get- people weren't trying to, to recalibrate the capitalist system or redistribute wealth or whatever. All they wanted to know was what's in it for me or more to the point, who's going to hurt me and who's not. And so conspiracy number four, yeah. uh, it was all Bill Shorten's fault, right? And Bill was definitely a factor and it's unpopularity factor. Yeah. But the bit that, you know, let's just begin. The Labor Party actually made a huge strategic decision. Right? This, this wasn't by accident. It wasn't like Bill Shorten remained as leader because of some kind of uh, Machiavellian coups that, that may mm. or may not have helped get him there. Right? The Labor Party made this, and this is what is such a crisis for the Labor Party right now, Right, is that this is what they told themselves. This was The, the rhetoric you tell yourself is really important. Yeah. You know, mm. What you tell yourself yep. as a as a human being, your internal so the internal rhetoric of the Labor Party, and you know you're always fighting the last war. Right, was we lost the Rudd Gillard years. We had great policies, yep. um, but we were a good government on an, on a policy delivery level who fell apart because of disunity. Yep. Yep. As long as we stay unified and have good policies, we will win. Now, in their mind, and I supported it. Franking credits and these were good policy, and whole publics now. Franking credits are now dead. There's no point in yep. debating whether or not mm. it's good or bad policy. It's done now, which yep. is but, a shame because I thought it was great policy. Sure, but yep, but it doesn't matter, sold. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's done. You're right. You yeah. know, I agree with you, but it's right. right? But Frank, so the view was: if you have good policy, clearly explained, and um, and we're unified, we'll win. And I thought that yes, Bill's not that popular, but the strategy of surrounding him with people who were more popular. That's why in the last couple of weeks, mm. everywhere he went, there was Tanya, there was Pen- Penny, there was, you know, um, but there was all these other people kind of around him all the time, like this whole leadership team thing, this whole we're ready to govern yep. message, overcame all those things. And that was a strategic decision. Like the Labor Party, and the reason why I don't think it's Bill's fault is that everyone went, not, it wasn't like they were blindly and willingly led. There was actually a decision that said, you know what, let's just pay the premium for stability. Yep. And they paid the premium for stability and the Libs did it and the Libs were just going around knifing their leaders like they were the Labour Party. And but what's the lesson here? Knife your leader? No, no, no. I don't think it I don't think it is. I think there's there's two lessons. One is that um there was false uh, hope given in the twenty sixteen election and the Super Saturday by elections, where Labour did incredibly well and much better than expected. Yeah. And and to me looking back on that, two things. One is that in neither of those elections was Labor ever expected to win or able to form government? So in 2016, the vast majority of people, I think it was over 80% of people, thought that Malcolm Turnbull was a shoo-in. Yep. And again, all the commentariat did. That's what people were hearing. So they thought, well, we'll give the Libs a bit of a tickle up because they've been a bit hopeless. And Shorten got closer than expected. Again, in the by-elections, for whatever reason, um, there was – you know, Labor, Labor actually didn't do – didn't get massive swings in those by-elections. Like it did – it did well – but it, it did not, you know, it did not get the thumping thing. But because people were seeing it as a referendum on Shorten's leadership and, of course, you know, it's fair to say Albo's forces and the party generally was ready to, to to use any excuse to take down Bill if that's what it took, if it didn't do well. And so that was seen, again, as a um, as, as a as a thumping win for Labor when it wasn't quite. And, again, people were voting knowing there was no way they could actually install Labor government. Once people were looking at the very real prospect of a shortened Labor government and being told by the polls, by us, by everyone, this is a sure thing, they actually started to kind of shit themselves a bit, I think. And I think part of it was, yes, that the, the, the policy 
the policy suite was difficult. They were off, they were, and they were also they were good policies for the wrong time. Like the negative gearing policy was great when the house housing market is going gangbusters, but it's a pretty shit policy when the, the ass is falling out of the housing market and you're saying, oh, we're going to soften property prices. Again, the franking credits, the, the difficulty with that was that uh, Labor and also a lot of the fuckwits around Labor who are mouthing off on social media, instead of saying, look, yes, you know, you're going to lose a little bit of money from your franking credits, but you are going to get more than made up for it with, you know, with extra free healthcare. There's a, you know, chances are you're going to get cancer, you're going to get all this stuff for free. All the stuff we are giving you will more than compensate for that. But instead of getting that message through, Mm. the message was actually, you know what, the money was never yours in the first place. It was the public's money and you've been stealing it. And this is not a tax hike. This is actually a benefit that you've been getting, ripping off the the public purse and we're taking it back. And blow me down if that wasn't everywhere, especially on um, social media. Where elections are won and lost. Where elections are won and lost. And and, and, and indeed Bowen, who I really, really like, but did make that critical error, said, well, if you don't like it, don't vote for us. And people said, well, okay, well, thanks very much. I know that's a a bit overcooked. He was wrong to use words like rot. For, for exactly the reason you're but, saying. But that's right. And so all these people are saying, well, you keep saying it's not my money, but it felt like my money. Yeah. I had it. It was in my bank account. Okay. I was spending but, it but and now you're taking it away the from tr- me. The tragedy of all this, uh, you know, saying this is why I think it's such a crisis in the Labor Party, is that there is a sense that they did all the things they needed to do, right? They were unified. They had policies. Whether you like them or not, they were clear about them or clear enough. You know, sure they got – you're right, they could have executed them better and they could yep. have been clearer about them. And I think the campaign was very poorly run. But that's a – you know, that's a mechanical thing. From a Labor Party perspective, you're okay. But fundamentally, here is the bit that really scares me. I actually think people understood the policy broadly. Mm. They couldn't get the details of it and some of it was kind of misinformation. But what do you expect in an election campaign? They looked at it and they said, yeah, we don't want to – yeah, when it's not going to vote. And so how do you reconcile that as a political movement? Like when you don't have your scapegoat. Because it's it's not a bad thing. The thing the thing with franking credits and the thing with negative gearing is you look at it on paper, especially as a treasurer or as anyone with a sort of progressive bent, and of course it looks like a rot. Of course it looks ridiculous. No, 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 no. no. But, you, but, the policy, but what I'm saying is that the, the poli- the, what Labor was embracing was actually a very sort of cold numerical – version of 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 labor it didn't have to be that way what we need to go back to and hawkey died so that we could see it is that is that sort of third way you know bringing business and unions together and growing the economy and then distributing those extra dividends back to the workers and the people who need it most that is what you do you don't do it by saying, right, they're getting too much for free and we're going to take it off them and put it back there so so this is how when it comes to stuffing up, right, this is what stuffing up looks like <laughs> as a connoisseur of these things. <laughs> so if Bill had have won on Saturday night, mm-hmm. right, let's say normally he would have declared victory around 11, you know, maybe a bit earlier mm-hmm. if they were doing well, 10, 30, 11. By about 1 to 4 a.m. in the morning, there'd be a pre-planned call with the White House, right? Yeah. So the President of the United States was going to call whoever the victor was. I think that they probably had a briefing sheet. I mean, the White House is very well resourced. Yeah. They had a briefing sheet, I'm sure, on both. Yeah. But they were probably anticipating a Labor win. And at some point there would have been a prearranged call straight after they would have aligned it up with the embassy because the US president insisted he'd be the first person to call. Uh, so he'd be calling and then a bunch of others would call the next morning. So you'd be getting a phone call from yeah the US president sometime in the middle of the night would be all arranged. Yeah. 
I woke up on Sunday morning at 5, 10 a.m. or whatever time it was with uh, Ed Miliband reaching out to try and seeing if he can get in touch with Bill. Yeah. I've been saving the story for this podcast, right? No biggie. Just to check that he's okay. Now, Eddie's a great human being, like a really great human being. But yeah. you've got to say to yourself, shit, man, <laughs> to go from the President of the United States <laughs> to the guy who lost to David Cameron, right? Oh. Checking up that you're okay. <laughs> right. That is some bad shit. Now, I actually, I did, I did send, I did send Bill a message. I, I spoke up, I sent, him, I, I sent him a message because I'm very, you know, I'm big on. I sent him a message that I love him. Yeah. And uh, from what, uh, he he wrote similar things back, but um, uh, but I can only imagine, like you know, the tra- the emotional train the trauma, room, yeah. trauma yeah. of going through because he literally woke up on Saturday yeah. morning. Assuming he was going to be prime minister, yeah, and it's also I know, and I do feel for all that I criticise Bill, and I'm I have to say I'm glad about I'm glad he's no longer leader of the party that I love. You've been very serious. You've been so kind about that, but um, but I do I did I did feel for it, and because there is no like at least Malcolm can can go back and sort of you know dive in a swimming pool filled with his millions or whatever. Like Bill, Bill's whole life was directed towards becoming prime minister. It was his whole. Life's mission. There was no plan B, and now that's gone. And to be honest, if you're going to be clinical about it, I think that's why he should no longer be in the parliament. I don't. I, I just do not see how any future leader could be safe while he's still yeah, in the I'm, house. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm look. I agree. I, I think I broadly agree. But that being said, people need their time and they need their yeah, space. I know. I, know. I don't I, want to be I, cruel. I don't. And I don't think, think even he is contemplating anything like that at the moment. I just think I, I don't think his heads the frog and the scorpion has even worked out. Like I don't think he's even worked out what what on earth he's going to do. Because on the night, a couple of his supporters, right, people really really close to him who spoke to me, were like, "Oh yeah, well no no, Bill, we should go to the back bench for a while. You should pull mm. them in tonight. Go to the back bench." Tonight. Crazy kind of talk, which yeah. was kind of like, guys guys. I don't think you realize the entire world has now changed. By the way, one thing he did that was smart by going immediately on the night. And taking full responsibility yeah. means that he's not getting bagged by everyone internally. Yep. That's why I think people like uh, Bowen, the pollsters, the national secretary, people, the people who are angry want to punch someone who's there to punch. Yeah. It's really hard to hit someone, right, who's not there. So what about the reports now that, he, you know, we all, well, he threw in his support behind Tanya Plibersek. A lot of people said that was a kiss of death um, and helped actually helped Albo. Now there's reports mm. that he's doing numbers for Bowen. Okay, well, a lot of people don't like okay, that. T- two things, right? Firstly, I think that him supporting his deputy made no movement whatsoever. Or anything, I think that's expected, right? Yeah, okay. You expect, uh, uh, but also we know that he's we know that he's paranoid about Alba. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying the, the simple act of backing his deputy, the same reason why when um, Rudd in the leadership contest backed Alba and just said, "How can I? Uh, this was person was my my loyal deputy. How can I not support them in the leadership battle?" So that that okay, I yeah. think was an issue. The, the Bowen thing, A, I think got beaten up a bit in the media, but B, yeah, I don't think it's helpful at all. I mean, especially for Chris. If Chris's narrative, right, and I, by the way, I, we'll see if he's still in the race. Mm. Um, Chris's narrative that, um, uh, you know, no, I'm not just the past, it doesn't help when, when you've got this. Yeah. And, and it's a weird world you're now living in, isn't it, where if there is a leadership contest between Bill, sorry, Bill <laughs> between Anthony Albanese and Chris Bowen. This is the bizarre world that I cannot make sense of anymore. You know, people who listen to this podcast obviously are fairly politically yeah, literate in this yeah, and that, right? I think I know what you're going to say. Go. Yeah, the factions, the factional yeah. system of Labour Party. Yeah. 
the left of the Labor Party, the potential leader from the left of the Labor Party, is running a campaign on the basis of pragmatism. That's mm-hmm. right, of centrist, pro-business, pro-growth. Yeah. And, and, and the, the right is running on a basis of Tax ideological purity. Right? <laughs> no, right. no, 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 no. We have to be pure in our ideology, <laughs> right? We have to be pure in our policy. <laughs> Albo's pitch is, hey, hey, I, I can be popular. I can win. I'm, I'm right, not saying right, this is right, a bad so, pitch. Yeah. I'm saying, and, and, and Chris to, is kind of saying, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't throw away our ideological framework just because we lost an election. Yeah. And it's like, what, what the fuck is yeah, going on? That's actually, I was going to, yeah, I was, I was sort of thinking along those lines, but more, but but also the fact that Albo's come out even, you know, before all this and signaled very carefully to the business community that he was a safe pair of hands, he'd worked with them, that he believed in growing wealth instead of redistributing it, um, all this sort of stuff, which of course is the last thing you expect from the the left. And, um, and, and Bowen is the one who's, yeah. Been the, you know, Bowen, who is who Kim, the, the, the former CEO of News Corp, launched Chris Bowen's book. Yep. And then he's coming out and, you know, then mm-hmm. he's saying tax, 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 tax. The poor old aspirational voters just want to buy a sixth investment property. Um, so I think that is very interesting. And I think Bowen, the best analysis I've seen is that Bowen is actually just trying to position himself as the undisputed leader of the right, um, get rid of. You know, put you know Richard Miles and Jim Chalmers back in their boxes. Both lovely guys, but whatever. But the New South Wales right has got to eventually, yeah, I, I, re- resume control I, I, of the I Labor suspect, Party, or well, we're all no, screwed. Maybe not, but 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 what I suspect will happen. This is my kind of suspicion. Again, I got no is um, uh, Albo leader. Uh, they'll end up. I don't know whether. Chris is going to see it all the way through to ballot. I think that's too early to tell that at the moment because yep. ballot hasn't even opened yet. Yep. Probably a Jim as a deputy, uh, Penny as senior leader, and they'll do a deal and they'll bring KK in for Bowen to pull out and put her as deputy senate leader. Give the New South Wales right something on the leadership team, uh, and then and yep. then made when the question becomes whether Bowen does or doesn't stay shadow treasurer. So just quickly, KK is Christina oh, Keneally. Yeah. 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 Would you? Wouldn't you keep him as shadow treasurer for playing nice? Uh, here is where you get in the complication. Or would Jim have to be? Well, Jim doesn't have to be. Uh, does Jim want to be? Mm. That's a whole different matter. The other thing I was thinking of, like as in Bowen's offence, because I do have a soft spot for him. I love him. Um, I mean, it's the treasurer's job to be an. It's the treasurer's job to. It's the treasurer's job to be an asshole. It's the treasurer's job to say no. And I kind of think, and maybe, maybe this is my bias against Bill or whatever, but. It was seen as a merit, it was seen, seen as a, qu- a good quality of Bill's, that he was a, a chairman rather than a CEO-style leader, that he yep. would take advice and he'd, he'd take the best ideas of his cabinet and and run with them and, and give people free reign. Is there an argument maybe that a true leader um, with some political nous, when Bowen was saying, look, I've looked at the numbers, we can get this much here, this much here, which is – Exactly what a treasurer should be doing, and again, these things, you know, franking credits and, and negative gearing look shit house on paper. Everyone knows that, but they're built into the sort of Australian psyche. But um, the legislature said, "Mate, come on, is is it not the bus passes?" Yeah. The okay. Federal- well, yeah. Well, well, in hindsight, yes. At the time, no. Okay. And this, in in defence of Bill, in this, right? And this is why Albo's got a really good strong claim. Albo can say, "I was not part of this." Yeah. That's right. right. He can yeah. say I was not part of this. But it was a collective decision. Yep. Right? So it's not as if, you know, Bill went out there and did some crazy captain's pick, I'm going to knight a prince, eat an yep. onion, crazy shit. This went through all the processes. 
it went to ALP conferences. Like, you know, it mm. was there for yep. a year and a bit. Negative gearing was a policy for four years. I actually think these two should be separate. I think yeah. negative gearing remains popular uh, or more popular or, or less not popular. Uh, less toxic, uh, probably. Uh, yeah. The market may change, but that's a whole separate. But, but it's not as if this thing was this whole brand new kind of where did this come from mm. crap. Yep. But is is that an argument again against collectivism generally? That there's no that. Firstly, I mean, ignoring ALP conference, ignoring Labor conference is a great Labor tradition and one that is sure I'll, one I'll, that has kept sure. Labor in power. But but, I'll, but, but, but this wasn't something forced on the Macros. I'm making the yeah, no, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. Uh, but but absolutely here right. is the really really hard shit bit, right? So what lessons do you take from it? Do you take the lessons from it, right? That um, you know. You know, and where do you, do you start to be honest? Them? I think I think the lessons are really obvious, which is that if you run an us and them campaign, uh, it, you you just can't win. And I think the beautiful thing about Saturday's election result is it shows that um, that elections are still won and lost, not just on the internet, <laughs> but in the centre. That Morrison, that you know, Tony Abbott is gone. The hard uh, Dutton did not get yeah. up, and and Morrison prevailed. And so and 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 that the. the what looked like a very, you know, Corbynite, um, Bernie Sanders style campaign from from Labor and Shorten failed miserably. People, the I, poli- don't think I know it it's a cliche, in, but yeah. I, I think if you you have to run from the centre and and govern from the centre if you're going to get up. Yeah, I'm not sure that's necessarily. I'm not sure that's the only lesson. Um, the Labor Party ran a shit campaign too, and there was all these tactical things. You're, you're right about the whole you. The acceptance, and this is a very hard acceptance, I think, for the for the Labor Party, is fundamentally it's a it was a rejected of a rejection of a unified party with a clear agenda that was what it actually believes. Why did it just run harder on wage increases? Why didn't it run harder on its its submission to the Fair Work Commission to did, to restore it, penalty rates? It only just sort of popped up in the last and it week. Criminalised wage theft as well. I know that was in New South Wales Labor Party. Yeah, was no, that federal? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was there was that as well. But it just didn't. Just well, didn't appear. There was yeah. all you heard about Labor was they're taking your money, never I, they're giving yeah, you more I mean, that money. Was the too many right. voters were told you don't deserve this, and we're going to take it off. Yeah, you, right. there was definitely at least one tax too many. I mean, that's a given, right? And everyone has these moments. But I've got to say, you know, okay, the lesson from the Hawke Keating government, right, was if you want to do economic reform, you've got to bring the Australian public with you. Yeah. The lesson from the Whitlam government is the consequences of what happens when you don't. Yep. I wrongly, right? It's all we're, we're all kind of, you know, vision, vision's perfect here. Thought that they'd passed the threshold of bringing the people on the journey with them, and here is what they thought internally. Yeah. Right? What they thought internally was, yes, there's this isn't the most popular thing in the world, yeah. but we're going to get credit simply for having a policy. The Australian public yeah. gives a tick yeah. for saying, hey, hey, we might not love you what you're doing on franking credits, but we like you doing something because that's what's happening mm-hmm. on negative gearing. Negative yep. gearing, the research I saw on negative gearing effectively said, yeah, you might not like, you know, what we're doing on negative gearing, but geez, at least they're doing something yep. about housing prices. Yep. Yeah. And that's n- clearly not what happened on the Frankie credit So space. the expectation was that it was going to be like a, well, I see what you're going for type thing. Yeah. Well, what, what, ha- for trying? what was, happened with the There was the a clear government? beneficiary with the negative gearing thing. Like for every time they said, well, you're going to, the house price is going to get out. So, yes, but we're going to make it easier for young people. Poorer people, struggling people, your kids. Even if you, if even if you're going to lose that, it'll yeah. be easier for your kids to get a place. There was a clear winner in that, which is why I don't think it was as, as, as deadly. The franking credit stuff was look, you know what? We're just going to smash you over the head because you're old and rich. Yeah. 
And even even people feel sorry for little old ladies, even if they're rich little old ladies. Nah, fuck them. <laughs> Great. Um, and now we'll go into a who do we want. So it's Wednesday afternoon as we're recording this. The news has just broken right after we discussed it um, that Chris Bowen is bowing out of the leadership. It was actually, I got an alert. I got the breaking news from the Telegraph uh, as Sam was saying. It was at 3.39 p.m. Mm, so literally. Exactly, exactly as you were saying that he was going to bow out. Yeah, so you picked it. <laughs> so how do you know? Oh, yeah, what's going on? Some people might say on? that you uh, already knew that. I, I will. <laughs> Did you kill Bob Hawke? A wannabe journalist never reveals their sources, and I will neither confirm nor deny the text messages I've been getting from Chris Bowen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad this has happened before we launched into the discussion that we have slated now. It's like the whole election result. It's like the whole election came out. We got absolutely everything right except the result. Everything right but the result. Um, Yeah, so Chris is out. Um, Does this mean that the the way has been paved for Anthony, really? Pretty much. I think he was always going to win this thing up. I did my uh, part for the war effort, so I'm friends with Anthony and I really want him to to get it. Uh, I also think he deserved it six years ago. He deserves it now. So I'm not a member of the ALP, but my bloke is, and I told him if he doesn't vote for Anthony, I'll never have sex with him ever again. So I did my bit. You voted green, you treacherous. Yeah, well... Yeah, Harlequin. Yeah, but Labor got my vote. Did you vote vote green because your boyfriend? Because you were angry at your boyfriend? No, I established this uh, a couple of episodes ago. I've I've been a green voter. But but let's let's just stop for a second. This is this bit that really worries me. Really worries me. You're tying in (laughs) sexual favors for voting. No, no, not sexual favors. Sexual stuff. We're done if you vote wrong. That's Mm. worse. Mm. Yeah, no, no. So it's like. So don't vote Albo, no favors. Do vote Albo, chance of a favor. But no, 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 no. I think it's. I think the. No, no. I think she's saying don't vote Albo. No, 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 no. I said if you don't vote for Anthony, um, you're never getting sex. Enjoy ever again. your right hand. Okay, okay. Maybe you might yeah. be left-handed. <laughs> but if you do, no promises. So technically, it's not. Yeah. You know, but at least you got a chance. Well, vote no. Albo, you got a chance. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I'm, I'm so disgusted and appalled right now oh, that I had not Sam thought Dastiari of using. Is no, disgusted I, I and appalled so by my behaviour. Disgusted and appalled that I never thought of using this as a tactic widespread <laughs> in the leadership ballot. <laughs> I mean, I've what, said to, me having sex with people generally, right? I've said to people, if you don't vote the right vote way, you're going to be like. Well, well seriously, <laughs> I've said to people in the past, right, in leadership ballots, if you don't vote this way. You know, you're fucked. But you never specified realize, by whom. But I didn't realise that if you vote this way as a positive, it was always a negative, right? Yeah, I didn't realise right. that. See, this is ah, this is why you should be the hand of the king. That's it. <laughs> the, the right the hand, right of, hand the of the king. Okay, oh! so. Or the queen. Or the queen. Yeah. So it, it, it so really looks it. like Anthony is going Do you reckon? Uh, no, I think she might still run, but I don't think he can win. I think just to kind of like a Chris Minns kind of move, just uh, to say, here I, I am. I think it's important to position. Uh, I think it's important to so, I mean, Chris have Mins a contest. Daily, yeah. I should clarify, sorry. Jim is Jim, Jim Chalmers from Queensland. Queensland. Yep. And Chris uh, Minns is the young gun from New South Wales who ran against Michael Daly just to you know show I'm, that he I'm going to make a bet. I, re- yeah. I reckon if you're nine episodes into our podcast. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you've deep dived. Um, <laughs> anyway, you go. Go, go, go. It's um, broadcasting sorry. housekeeping, so um, I won't apologise uh, for it. But it's, so I suspect he'll uh, he'll run. 
or certainly at this stage, um, I suspect he'll probably end up being deputy. Uh, him winning will be really difficult because uh, there is a, um, you know, there is, there will be a sense of, I mean, Jim's got, Jim's positioning, if I was Jim, is, and he's got a good position, he can position himself as a Trudeau, Arden, yep. future, not the past, this, that. Anthony's more of a kind of Jeremy Corbyn style character. Like I'm saying these are the mm-hmm. ways you yep. kind of, if you're going to position and do it in a positive way. So most people actually understand how the LP rules work. Uh, 50,000 party members, as who they were on the night of the election, will have, be eligible for a vote. You have to have been a member for 12 months, continuous. They keep playing around with who isn't is eligible because it's all kind of yep. fluid. Um, but uh, the rules are you're not allowed to ship back your opponents. Yeah. So it's all you're only allowed to positively campaign. Yeah. And and, and it's it's only ever happened once before. So, no so is this it. like a, a rule rule or yeah, yeah. an unspoken no, no, gentleman's agreement? A rule rule, right? Rule rule. So you can say So if you do shitbag an opponent, are you out of the race? Well, technically I think the national executive could then remove yeah. your candidacy, yes. But I mean they're shitbagging, they're shitbagging, right? Yeah. Like it's all very great. There's um I have a better I will That's right. I, there is a you know, I will be better on donation reform than that, my opponent. Right. And I have not had sexual relations with animals. Yeah. And, and then you had to say with that woman, I was like, guys, <laughs> stop talking about me. But yes, that's right. That's right. You, you do the whole um, the Lyndon Johnson hogfucker theory. Yes, exactly. Where yeah. you, where you, you can do things. But, but generally, the last one was rather quite positive, but it was all very new. Mm. I mean, the big thing is, no one was expecting any of this. Mm. I think mean, that's the big difference. Yeah, I mean, two questions. Do you think – who's the Victorian right going to back in a Chalmers elbow contest? Chalmers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And second question as a follow-up, do you think Tanya could have beaten elbow? Yes. I agree. I think she got. I, mean, I don't know the. I mean, you never know, right? I mean, no, that's what I'm just saying. But 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 Tanya. So it was during that period that I told the bloke. Yeah. Okay. Which way to vote? Okay. I haven't well, done it now that it's on a good work. Well, well, thank you. But uh, yes, that was my because uh, I like Tanya. But yeah, I, I, I'm actually a little bit horrified by this whole thing with the, with Tanya, and, and what I'm horrified is so reason why I think she could have <laughs> vote. Someone could put their family before politics. Well, <laughs> yeah, a, but but the bit that horrifies me about it all. Uh, firstly. Um, Anthony, I think, would have always be hard to beat because he has the whole he ran last time thing, yep. mm-hmm. right? And, and Tanya could very easily get tied to everything that went wrong because she was the law deputy, so she stood by. She didn't raise her, you know what I mean? So, and she didn't played her role quite. I think she played the right role, but but she was the deputy. Mm. No, the bit that really worries me, and I think should worry, is this Tanya saying that I can't do it because of family reasons and the commentary coming out and saying, oh, yeah, understandably small kids, this, that. Yeah. It's just the double standards within the system. Yep. Where the blokes, all like Bill, Bill's had young kids. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right? Um, Scott Morrison's got young kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim has young kids. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's son, uh, Nat's kind of 15 or so now. He's, I think he's 18 now. But if, Is if, he that old? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But the, but the guy in Perth um, stood down for the same reason. Um <laughs> the um and if Jim or anyone had said the same thing for that you know I want to spend more time with my like I've done the same thing I had people say, I heard an old boss of mine was like you know in, in, who I love and but in the nicest possible way was like slagging me off saying you know fucking idiot you know he could have been bloody editor of the Daily Telegraph but instead he goes swanning around like I wanted to be I'm not saying I could ever have been editor but um oh, I imagine the front pages oh, wouldn't have been great. Everything would have been everything would have been photoshopped. Just everything, everything, <laughs> all the time. Uh, mostly I wanted to. That's right, yeah. mostly me. But 
But I, I deliberately, right you know, like I want, I like my kids. I want to be with them. Yeah. And I thought the Tanya's thing, I know for a fact that she really does no, 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 feel I'm, awful I'm, about having to leave them. And she's also got um, MCT working, a cr- her, yeah, her husband, husband Michael Strider, working a crazy, crazy um, high-powered job. And so I know that does it really does affect her and it does kill her. And sure. I think that's beautiful. That but, makes but me I'm happy. Saying, no, but the bit that I think is this whole notion and – it was actually the comments that came out from Hawkey and they kind of re-dragged them out, which kind of worried me when Hawkey said, oh, no, no, of course you can't run for the leadership. It's going back a few years when when um, when Bill and Albo had their little contest. She's got a three-year-old at home. Um, there really is this pre- and I, I guess here, here is my concern. Not that she chose to pull out because of her own family and because of her own kids. Mm. That I think I respect and understand. Mm. But the same thing isn't applied to men. Same thing isn't applied to yeah. men. And also I imagine there would probably be parts of the commentary and lecture out there who would mark against her for being leader and having young kids at home. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That Welcome to uh, to just one slice of what women in the spotlight face yeah. every day. Having well, said look, that, I, I, was gonna, I was just going to say, having said that, I reckon the reason why I reckon she would have been such a big threat to Albo is that she would have romped it into the branches um, for being a female leader mm-hmm. um, and, um, and, and she would have really, really hurt him there. And, um, and of course, she would have got all Shorten's back and Shorten would have pulled out um, every yeah. stop under heaven and earth to – to get her up. So. Look, I uh, was told, I haven't been given a reason for it, but I was told by a friend uh, in the New South Wales right that uh, family actually isn't the reason. It's been said as the reason, but that there's some other reason why Tanya isn't running. What do we think could possibly be a reason uh, for yeah, no, there's, there's no. some, there's, about- there's some bullshit going around that um, that Michael MCT's past as a that's what yeah, I was having thinking. Done no, jail but time. why would that have been? That's no, that's, that's been on the front page of the Telegraph. Alan well, Jones. I raised He's that. Like, no, I raised no, that, no, and no, I was explicitly no, told. No, so no, this this friend no, refused no. to say it over the phone. No, no. And I raised that, and they no, said, no, "No, it's no, not no. that." No, no, whatever it is, no, it's bullshit, right? right. Um, I mean, the, the reality is, and there was always the question of can she win, and maybe she wouldn't be able to win if she ran, and those kind, mm. and those kinds of questions, right? But that's in any politicians mm. are fine about running and losing. She, she, she would always done respectably well. Yeah, right? I th- and I, th- I think, look, to be honest, I actually think she probably would have won, which is why I think. It's I don't think she probably would have won. I don't think she. But, but I don't think it was an impossibility. If it was just her v Albo with, without a third Yeah, candidate, I mean, I a lot she, of the right would have voted for Albo, but the left would have been split. Not all the right. The Queensland right and then would have voted Can for... Can you imagine all the millennials in the branches coming out for Tanya? Yeah, yeah, no, but here, here is the mistake you're making. You're assuming the active Labor Party based on places like social media are actually its membership. Its membership is seven-year-old. Yeah, okay. Unionists, right? Like yeah. I'm saying, who yeah. are them? You're looking at the very yep. active yep. social yep. media base, right? No, yeah, they, but that being said, I agree with you. It's a very, very progressive base. They'd be very excited about the idea of having another female leader. There was a feeling that um, uh, that the the what happened with Julia, um, some of the anger within the movement and how she was treated as a woman would have benefited Tanya in a, in, yeah. in a ballot environment yeah. in the Labor Party. I think she would have suffered after that, unfortunately and wrongly, uh, and you know, uh, but but I think she would have been a really viable candidate. I'm not sure she would have won. I actually think Albo still uh, would have won. Well, Albo has these two things he can say that no one else can say. One is I wasn't part of this mess, mm-hmm. and secondly, I wasn't this lord Bill. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like yeah. Bill. And yeah, if you had three or four beers with Albo, he would yeah. happily tell you what he thought, why he, he thought he was the right choice back then. But that's mm. hugely different than he didn't leak a and single document, didn't bitch to journos, and he was, showed up where he had to show up. And he was never up. disloyal to no. either of the two prime ministers that Bill yeah. 
knifed. Well, and he uh, he expected to to stand down and mm. and was told like, no, no, you. The other, the other thing, just quickly on Tanya and MCT, is it is just an absolute uh, masterclass in crisis management as well. Speaking of, so M- MCT did time in jail. Yeah, so Mark Kutstrader, Tanya's Strada, husband. Who is, he was uh, sentenced to uh, nine years for importing was, and distributing heroin. That's right. He had a habit himself. He was a user himself. He, he started, as often happens, um, he, he dealt to support his habit. Um, he there was someone sniffing around. It was kind of known in sort of insider circles and political circles, and I think it had been out there somewhere in the public record but it hadn't really been kind of blown open. Someone started sniffing around and Tanya and um, MCT basically got wind of it. I don't know if they got a call from a journal or something uh, and went to – I'm not sure if it was coming from the Daily Telegraph or coming from someone else and they went to the Daily Telegraph, but they basically just went – Here's everything. Here's the story. And they got this glowing front page treatment of this rags to riches story of this yeah. kid who had been, you know, Turned burnt out, nearly around. thrown his whole life away, turned it all around. It was now this wonder kind. And Tanya he, standing um, by her man yeah. and so proud of what he's done. And it was just beautiful. And he and he is the smart he's probably the smartest bloke that that you ever smart. meet. In at the time of that story, was he already at the Department of Justice, or did that come? No, from? no, he, he was, was chief of staff to, or, de- or deputy chief of staff to Michael Egan, the New South Wales Treasurer. That's right. Mm, right. And then he, so he actually, um, uh, when O'Farrell got up, uh, one of the one of the big sort of punching bags, was, I think, was the Education Department. He was head of it, or Community Services. He, maybe? No, at the stage, at that time, he was he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Education, yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And because um, the teachers' so revolution came out, and so said the libs were saying a teacher with this background would get sacked. That yeah, there whatever, was there was a lot of criticism whatever, whatever, of him yeah. having that role, and he's in the right too. So he's in the opposite faction of um, Tamia. But anyway, so 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 you know, Boff was saying, "Oh, MCT is a Labor stooge." You know, he's running the department; it's a partisan appointment. Blah 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 blah, and 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 made him a political football. And he was basically so good and so brilliant that when they got into government and actually sat down and talked to yeah. him, they kept him on. And I think they ended up they moved him moving to, to the head of yeah. the, and, and um, promoted him to another department. And uh, Alan Jones and then went nuts in the media, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the conservative media and then went nuts about, um, oh, yes, beautiful, right? So just story, <laughs> yes, yes, come on. Um, um, Alan always loved him. But but he did have a – look, it was quite a powerful narrative. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, but, I mean, let's be honest. What the Conservatives were initially doing was saying, oh, he's in Labor appointments, Labor appointment. What they were really saying is, hey, this guy's a heroin addict. Or was a heroin addict? Mm. Why is he yeah. running out of money? They were kind of trying to do both, right? Yeah. And, and they did it quite poorly. Uh, and, and But, again, I don't think it turned any votes. But, no, I don't think that has anything to do with it. In that's, fact, to that's be right. honest, so, that's right. the colour of that story probably – Exactly. For a leadership ballot, that the Labor Party members love the MCT story. That's right. And if someone tried to go after it, it would probably – end up backfiring anyway. But what and about also, the broader what public? If, what if what Tanya had become leader and then took that to an election? No, I think It was on the front page. The, the beauty of it, the reason yeah. why it was so good, it was because instead of trying to shut it down or colour it down or having a go at the journalists or saying you've gone too far this time, mm. they took the story, owned the story, put everything on the front page, even if it had have Very gone badly context, for them. No, even if no, it had gone badly have, for them, it, it would yeah. have all been out there. It's so long ago, he has so many endorsements. There's so many people there, mm. liberal appointments, labour appointments. This is a guy whose mm. enemies promoted him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it gets to a point where this person who's got a similar story like that, and I don't agree with his politics, but Warren Mundine. Mm. Warren Mundine, and I may 
my apologies if I'm getting this story slightly wrong, beat someone up when he was like 21, 14 year old, put him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Mm. And now Warren talks about that's how he quit drinking, that's when he got his life together, that's when he realised he was going to end up in jail for the rest of his life as like this poor Indigenous kid out in yeah. Wagga, you know, the train wreck that his life was. You know, that kind of like that kind yeah. of narrative, right? Those narratives actually are really, really powerful because mm. if you've got a story. Yep. So I actually think, to be honest, the reason why, to me, it would make the Tanya thing way more interesting. It would have helped her. would have helped her. And the yeah, reason right. it helps her is it's a bit of colour, it's a bit of a story. Everyone's a bit bland. Otherwise, what are you going to say? Oh, Tanya Blue was second 30, used to be a staffer, then got elected to Parliament, and then mm. kind of rode the yeah. low party thing. It's an amazing – this is a way better story. Well, and I think, yeah, it would help also with that whole, um, you know, criticism Julia Gillard faced is that she didn't have children, so she wasn't, you know, a, a nurturer or anything like that. Baron, so, I think, yeah, the Baron former – Baron was the um, phrase that was used. Um, uh, Bill Heffner yeah. called her. Yeah. But, um, but so this would sort him. of, you know, I mean, not only is she – mother but she also stood by her man kind of thing you know she she was they could spin the story that she was part of of turning his yeah. life around and all that and she, kind of yeah thing. that's so, right, so right actually, i hadn't thought of it that way but it could that could have actually really helped her yeah yeah and she would have been all right anyway i mean the thing with tanya is that she's um you know she's not exactly electrifying but no one has a bad word to say about it she almost never fucks up like she's yeah. she is a like a note perfect performer a bit like penny wong in that regard like yeah, she, totally. she you know her style is very much just to, you know, you know. Now, on the topic of Penny Wong, I tried to get her to write. Oh, yeah. What was that yeah, all about? what the fuck was that about? Were you just trying yeah. to be different? No, I just bought a Penny. I thought Penny would be great. You just pluck a celebrity name game. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I, I thought Penny all would be great. And uh, Penny is about three days away from getting a restraining order out against right. me. Because <laughs> I just keep doing all these mini interviews going, you know, I think it should be Penny but Wong. Penny, like Penny is, in, is, is also like that. She's um, yeah, totally. like, like Tanya, just never – Never gets like Matthias Corman until he backed Dutton, interestingly enough. Like, mm. not, you know, like he could just shut down scandal because he yeah. was methodical. Uh, he didn't put his foot in it. He explained things. And if you interrupted him, he explained it again. No, I'm a, I'm a huge Penny Wayne. I actually do think Penny would be. And I, I'm a huge fan of Penny. I and also, I want to make it clear, of, I'm also a fan of plebs, despite. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you're the one just okay. dragging up her. Well, as long as we're all here, why didn't she shake Simon Birmingham's hand? Yeah, she probably should have. I, I don't think that. Oh, so like what, I, she, she, I really she can't be lead a low party because she didn't say Simon no, Birmingham. No, but I really like. No, but I really liked her. And Simon Birmingham is not. He's not. You know, Peter no, Dutton or whatever. He's not the boogeyman. But Labor being inconsistent on China, big but, fucking. But, but whatever, whatever, right? Like anyway, I don't think that's the end of the world. Dripping wet. He's like this nice sort of. But anyway, look, I don't. I don't think that's the. So I'm not quite. I don't think that that's the issue with Penny no, Wong's okay, there. She could have got become lower house seat, so that wasn't the issue. Getting her a lower yeah, house yeah, seat wasn't the issue. Easy. You just effectively offer your Senate seat up, swap for lower house yep. seat. I think she would have romped in the Labor Party membership, right? Yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of like the idea of uh, being in a country where you can have a Malaysian, Chinese, lesbian woman yep. as a leader of uh, one of the two major yep. parties and yeah. be electable. I, just, yeah. I, I know that it shouldn't and it isn't, and Penny is – um, incredibly credible and incredibly yep. gifted and talented beyond her own kind of uh, uh, identity politics. Yeah, she yep, actually yep. doesn't engage in identity politics. Yeah, mm. um, but but I'm saying just the idea that you could be in that kind of country, I actually think is kind of really nice. And and part of part of my little shtick of uh, constantly raising it, you know, when I knew that after knowing that there was unlikely she was going to go forward with this, I just think it's nice to be able to talk about people like that in leadership circles and then not just have to be another. Yeah. bloke yeah. who's, you know, like the conversation just – I just didn't think it would help the love party. I like um, Penny as well, but she's a, she's a bit boring, isn't she? 
Like a part. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, and I tell you why. No, no, I think she's had to be. Mm. Right, right. I, I yeah. Think Otherwise, it's that crazy Asian lesbian gonna come and kill us all. Yeah, that crazy yeah. lesbian. Yeah, that, yeah, seriously, I think that the bar for her has always been so much higher because now it's 2019. Being Asian and being lesbian and being a woman, which is what makes you lesbian. You know, being gay, mm. yeah. female, and Asian, uh, well, Australian, but with yeah, a yeah, Malaysian yeah, Chinese yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. Um, all these things worked massively against you. So, in a, in a weird way. She had to be perfect, yep. and she had to overcompensate and everything. And ironically, else. I think these days all those things would be an asset. Even though you're right, she hasn't, she's never played them up. But they'd all be an asset, and I don't think they would lose a single vote where they needed them. No, I don't but, think. It but, would, but whereas but twenty years ago, maybe that would on be. her rise, yeah, yeah that's right. Stopping Penny yeah. Wong was you kind of. It's Asian also lesbian. why that's right, and it's yeah. also why. Um, my dad had this series of America and had this theory. There's always Democrats until the. Gulf War. It was always Democrats who uh, led America into war because Republicans would never be trusted by the sort of the working class that made up the yeah right the vast majority of people who have to be soldiers or work in the factories and the ports and everything to support the war effort. And it's kind of like it's like like Julia Gillard had to be conservative on gay marriage because yes. she was the the you know the single quote unquote barren woman, and so she had to go really. Small C conservative on family values, yeah. Sort of self consciously, really, really tough compensating time for that in Australian history to be a woman. Like yeah. it, you know, it's never it's been amazing, but um, that was really tough at the time. I was working at media monitors, uh, and so I was, you know, I had my headphones on all day, um, listening, monitoring the media, and so like, I yeah. wasn't able to switch it off when just the most horrible, horrific, yeah. sexist stuff was being said. Stuff that hit me to my core because it may have been her name, but, but you, it was about every woman in the country. Yeah, look, and I know, you know, and okay, so yes, sometimes if you are in that position, you have to pretend to be a bit more conservative than you are to try mm. and not scare the horses. But it actually goes the other way as well. Like someone like John Howard was able to do a gun buyback that if – a Labor totally. politician had done mm. uh, would have been seen as like you know a socialist takeover or something. Um, yeah. Probably similar similar story to the intervention in East Timor. Um, you know, sometimes you can have a you know conservatives can do unusually progressive things and which is good. And sometimes you know progressives mm. have to be unusually conservative so as not to. Frighten the children. Yeah, totally. And it's and you know, and it's a bummer to uh you know, particularly as a woman to be like, well, I you know, like you were saying before, Penny Wong, like, oh, it's she got sort of stopped along the line for that reason. Like it it fucking sucked yeah, having and, to see yeah. everything in the news that was being said yeah. about Julia. But I think that will change woman. now. And I think whatever whatever part of the electorate had that in their system has gotten it out of their system. And the great thing about Albo mm, I don't know about that. is that He's got nothing but Labor Party, the Catholic Church, and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which means and the Rabbitohs won on election night. That's right, he's white and male, which means he could do whatever he wants. Yay! Was the election uh, won and lost online? We reckon. Who cares? It's time for tweet of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sam, what's yours? I don't have a tweet. I have a text message. Oh. From okay. one of, I'm going to claim it's a tweet, uh, from one of uh, Bill Shorten's closest lieutenants at 7.23 p.m. on election night, and it is, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. 
A text uh, that rang out across the lands in all our I, so yeah, I, was at, I went to a friend's place and then I was really hungry. Uh, she didn't have anything gluten-free and I can't fucking eat that anymore since I got sick, which is bullshit. So I walked to the, like, fish and chip shop and as I was walking there, saw the notification, you know, Tony Abbott has lost his seat. And I was like, hell yeah, election's going as planned. This is awesome. Got back to her place and yeah. was just like, the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, Joe, what's your Good on you. Get up. You got your one seat and forgot about the other 150. I tell you what, it's quite a coup for Captain Get Up, isn't it? Oh, what a bunch of fuck. He did anyway. this. Um, yeah, well, I've, I, I got a similar, um, uh, similar text from someone in campaign head office at about, I think this was about 7, 17 p.m. that just said, we are fucked, we are fucked. And then later, <laughs> later that same weekend, elbow, 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 elbow. Mm, seconded. I agree. Um, look, uh, mine isn't, a, I'll share a text. Mine isn't a text. I'm not a fucking uh, big wig political party insider. Um, but my favourite election night text was my brother who just sent, this election sucks. Uh, but so my tweet of the week is from a mate of mine, Rudy Edsall, um, who's tweeted a screenshot of Clive Palmer basically explaining that he decided to polarise the electorate uh, instead of winning for himself. It was it was all to get this response and, you know, a classic like, oh, I haven't been owned actually, I meant this all along. And, uh, <laughs> and Rudy shared it with the phrase... Uh, typical bullshit from Clive Palmer. We could win. We could win. We just didn't want to. And my favourite part of this tweet, jog on, champ. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> well, um, we're going to jog on. Yeah. We are. Or, or maybe jog back. And, and can I say this, uh, predicting the election wrong was the most on-message thing we could have done for the podcast. Totally on-message. Totally on message. And remember, we, any we other got, election, we might have been more professional. We got it half right, and you should see what I have to say about Brexit. I mean, that's you know, what's well, never going to happen. <laughs> Mic drop. Boom. The petition starts now. Keep us going, sports bet.